This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Barnum Mechanical, a full-service design build firm specializing in turnkey process and utility systems for the brewing industry. You know beer. We know breweries. How do I comply? What the heck is this thing called Pisma? You know, the... The smallest breweries are supposed to start complying uh, with FISMA by September, I believe, 18th or 19th of this year. This week on the show, the Food Safety Modernization Act. How to comply, where to go for resources, and who to ask for help when it comes to making food safety part of your brewery's culture. Uh, my name is Doug Heinemann. I'm with Elliott Bay Brewing Company in Seattle, Washington. We have uh, three brew pub operations and I've been with them since 1997. Hi, my name is Tatiana Lorca and I'm the uh, the food safety and quality program leader for uh, food and the global food and beverage group within Ecolab. Tatiana, I bet there are still some brewers out there who aren't familiar with the Food Safety Modernization Act or how it's going to affect their brewery. Could you explain what exactly is FISMA? Well, FISMA is this new law, food safety law that was passed in 2011. And it's taken a while to actually make its way into final rules for the food industry. And it's the biggest rehash or or overhaul of the U.S. food safety uh, legislation that we've had since the 1938 U.S. Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Um, So... What basically this law is doing is improving the safety of U.S. foods by um, helping to uh, the helping the industry become much more proactive in the way that they think about how they manufacture food. So, uh, implementing proactive food safety um, programs, um, also addressing imported ingredients and, and finished goods. Uh, and this law uh, pertains to primarily to FDA regulated facilities. Now, there's probably still there's probably some a handful of incredulous brewers out there, you know, still confused because they say, "Well, wait a second, but beer isn't the same thing as food." Why don't, why don't you comment on that? Yeah, I, actually, they are quite wrong because beer is food, and uh, because the FDA has said so. And along with the publication of FISMA, 
um, came this statement uh, that includes beer or and alcoholic beverages in general as uh, one of the items that are included within the definition of food by the FDA. Okay, and uh, maybe comment too, um, hopefully by now everyone realizes that breweries are required, um, are mandated to register with the FDA, um, but that's kind of the very first step in this whole process, right? Absolutely. So breweries have to register um, with the FDA um, because just like any business which produces, holds, or packs human food or animal food, they have to do so. And what this registration does is alerts the FDA that they exist and gives the FDA a physical location so that they know where the brewery or the food business is located. That way, if there is any kind of issue, um, they know where to find the business and then potentially remove uh, unsafe food from the marketplace. What about somebody like you, Doug, who's got three different um, brew pubs to keep up with? Do you have to register each of those as a separate food facility? Yes. Yes, we do. Um, and I believe the it was under the Bioterrorism Act that kind of kicked that off for, for brewing facilities. Um, I imagine wineries and distilleries and cideries as well. Um, but yeah, and I believe it's every two years you have to renew the um, your registration so kind of the first time through you get a a number that uh, is associated with your facility and then there's uh, the, the renewal is quite simple once you have gone through it the first time and have that number you can do it online in about 10 minutes tatiana we often hear that beer is low risk why should brewers be concerned about food safety I think one of the the biggest issue uh, concerns with uh, with beer and food safety uh, is that they are there is a potential for physical and chemical hazards and what we call other hazards. So chemical could be uh, using an unapproved, uh, unsafe ingredient uh, in the product. Uh, physical hazard would be um, the inclusion of glass or other foreign material inside of the bottle. Uh, or or can and uh, which can cause illness or injury to the consumer and then what we classify as other would be uh, cases where you have a secondary fermentation uh, which happens inside of the container and this can cause an explosion of the container in the hands of the uh, customer Doug talk to us about spent grain handling and what brewers need to do now to comply you have to label the, the barrels. You have to ensure that they're they're clean. Um, you have to uh, put them in an, in a designated area so they can't be confused with with some other Trash garbage barrels container or that, yeah. that someone might dump oil or, or glass into, for example. Um, so I mean, the hurdles aren't that high, but they are. There are hurdles, and they're just some a few boxes you need to tick in order to find yourself in compliance. There's actually guidance that's written specifically about this on the FDA website. Uh, FDA has a page, a whole section specifically dedicated to FISMA, and this question of how to handle spent grains is, is answered fairly well in a nice guidance document. Doug, let's talk about the never-ending quest to put the next weirdest thing in beer and where the government fits into that equation. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, certainly brewers are you know, an innovating bunch and uh, they like to try new ingredients and, and you know, whether it's peanut butter or squid ink or um, glitter, but, um, and none of those, none of those particular things are necessarily um, forbidden. They're just, they require a... Uh, Brewer to go through formula approval, which is, you're submitting uh, a paperwork to the to the TTB and explaining your process, and um, also you have to provide some paper trail about the the ingredient that you're adding and ensuring that that's uh, approved for for consumption. And you know. It's not impossible to do, but I think what happens is a lot of brewers just forge ahead and beers on the shelf and being consumed. And yeah, they got a Facebook post about it before anyone's ever thought about a formula approval. So it's, it's, and that is my understanding is that you need to submit and receive approval of that formula before, before you sell it, you can, before you sell it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's, there's, we're putting an off, often case, in many cases, putting the beer cart, you know, before the formula approval horse. Tatiana, let's talk about food safety when it comes to selling beer to large retail chains. What we're seeing from specific retailers is that they tend to have either their own food safety requirements or their own um, food safety audit that they uh, require to be carried out uh, at a facility, breweries included. So Tatiana, if if I'm if I'm a, if I'm a brewery, and I'm trying to sell to you know Whole Foods or Costco or one of these um, retailers that has these requirements. Are they bringing in their own people to do this audit, or is this a third party audit, or how does that work? I'd say it completely depends on the business. Uh, some companies have their own um, people do, like Costco. From my understanding, a lot of the food safety audits that they do are uh, done by their own uh, internal audit team. Uh, but other groups will rely on third-party audits. So they would sending they would be sending a food safety auditor into a brewery to do an audit. And one of the things that I remind folks uh, fairly regularly is that many of these people are used to going into high-risk operations or high food safety risk operations, and so they're coming in with a very different set of eyes into a brewery, and uh, they may or may not understand exactly what's going on inside the brewery. Coming up. Regardless of size and, and regardless of who you're selling to, you still have to prove that your product is safe and you have to have the documentation to prove it. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. This episode is brought to you by ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up, yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, tri-clamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. 
ABS Commercial. We are brewers. And here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. The District Michigan Summer Social is July 7th at Fitzgerald Park in Grand Ledge. District Northern California meets at Admiral Maltings in Alameda July 19th. Don't miss the Brewery Safety Webinar, July 25th. District St. Paul, Minneapolis joins forces again with the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild for the 5th Annual Business and Technical Conference, July 27th in Duluth. The annual District Texas Summer Meeting is the weekend of August 3rd in Kerrville. The ASBC MBAA Brewing Summit takes place in San Diego this August. Discounted early bird registration closes June 19th. Register at mbaa.com where you can also view the full count of events with more details or find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. Let's talk about documentation. I'm guessing there are brewers out there who are doing a lot of the right things, but not necessarily documenting them. Why don't you talk about the importance of doing that? From the food safety inspector's point of view, I think it's super important that that you write down what you're doing so that you can prove that you've done the right thing. Um, From the point of view of of an auditor or an inspector, if it wasn't written down, it didn't happen. Um, There has to be some kind of documented evidence that you did what you said you were going to do. Doug? Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that could be super helpful uh, is having all this stuff organized. Um, so you kind of have some sort of filing system in place that can pull this off a shelf or um, find exactly where the file is on your on your server or your computer. Because uh, you know nothing raises red flags, I think, for the inspectors than than somebody just fumbling around in their own system and not being able to locate these things when they're being asked. Uh, you, you may have them, you may have all those things perfectly uh, documented, but if, if you're having to spend 20 minutes finding the piece of paper that the inspector is looking for, it can be can cause them to dig deeper in, in other areas that just seem appear disorganized and, and unable to give them what they want. I'd say documenting is super important uh, always be- as well because you have to prove that you're doing the right thing. And even though it might seem like a pain in the rear end to, to have to write things down, um, it's one of the best ways to protect your business is to have that proof that you did the right thing. Let's talk about low-hanging fruit. What are some easy food safety wins that we can all go after and check off the list? Yeah, I know in our brewery, and some of the things we went after right away was uh, was not uh, allowing food in the in the brewing uh, or in the brew house, any place where there might be exposure to to product. Um, you know, I was guilty of that, and you know, people would you know, eat on the on the fly while they're while they're uh, sparging or something, and we just had to. Uh, we ended up creating a, another space outside of the product exposed uh, area where people could sit and, and eat. Um, you know, cell phones was was another one that I know you know we're not <laughs> certainly not the only brewery that, that uh, battles that, but um, you know having that a a distraction from what you're you're doing uh, and it's another source of, of glass 
that could be broken and find its way into product. Um, and you know, glass in general, you know, we had pint glasses and you know, Pyrex glassware that we would collect samples with, and you know, just kind of starting to look around and see what's what's here and how can I do it differently. Um, you know, another one we had uh, wooden uh, oars. Was, was what we didn't have we don't have rakes in our mash tent so you know the being in seattle we have lots of uh marine supply places so you run down to the marine supply store and grab your uh laminated uh wooden ore and uh off you go and of course that stuff the wood's peeling wood the ends cracking the the laminate is making its way uh in into a hot environment where it's delaminating. And so um, we got rid of the wooden ore and. And so what'd you, what'd you replace it with? Do you, do you now have a nice polypropylene uh, canoe paddle instead or what? Uh, we, we found some stainless ones uh, that, that work well. I mean, we, do, we our mash tons are not that terribly deep. So we're brewing like seven and 10 barrels. So the, these the stainless ones we were able to find worked, worked fine for us. All right. So I think, you know, one of the common themes here, I'm sure there's a, a lot of brewers that are going to just say, well, okay, hey, where do I, where do I find all these new rules? And not everyone has, you know, a whole work week to spend sorting this out. What should they do? Uh, we point them right to uh, both the MBA uh, website and the BA website. Um, the two groups came together uh, in the last uh, few months and they created this uh um, document called Brewers Responsibilities and Obligations under the U.S. Food Safety Modernization Act, and it's a it's a great like three page uh, PDF that's posted to both websites, and it contains active links to different parts of the regulation, and I think does a pretty good job of explaining um, what the requirements are for a brewery, and uh, does it in a way that is is not very intimidating, and provides enough detail for brewers. Okay, great. I'd say another place that's with that document in hand, uh, there's the FDA uh, has put out a food safety plan builder. So it's a piece of software that um, can serve as sort of a a guide to to building your own food safety plan. And there's a lot of templates on there and you just begin you know, adding the things that are uh, relevant to your business. So it's um, it's kind of a centralized place to to organize some of your documents. And it's free. And yeah, it's free. That's right. Okay, as brewers go through these documents, they'll notice that there are actually quite a few exemptions or subparts that you don't have to comply with if you're just making traditional beer. But I'd like to talk about some of the scenarios that might trigger additional obligations any watchouts you want to mention there yeah i think you know, breweries that are also making sodas uh they're exempt from the doing the uh, hazard analysis uh work if the sale of those uh, soft drinks is five, less than five percent of their gross sales so that may be something folks want to keep an eye on if that's the, starts to become a bigger and bigger part of their business that um, once they cross that 5% threshold, they do have to uh, 
um, comply in a, in a different way and in a more uh, rigorous way. And you essentially have to have a HACCP plan in that scenario, right? In essence, right. yes. Breweries will need to understand where they fall into the continuum. Are they strictly a, a brew pub? Uh, or in Doug's case, are there a, a brew pub that uh, sells beer to sister pubs? So a production facility and, and really understand those aspects and also understand uh, the aspects of, of their size, how their size um, affects their um, how the rules apply to them. Because if they fall into this very special category, which, call, which is called uh, qualified uh, facilities, uh, they still have to prove that. So a qualified facility would be an itty bitty little business like a mom and pop brewery um, that uh, would sell directly to consumers or sell to uh, a local retail um, within, I think it's 275 miles of their location and within the same state. They need to understand what these nuances are um, so that they understand what they have to do. So to me, it comes down to the fact that regardless of size and, and regardless of who you're selling to, you still have to prove that your product is safe. Uh, and so you have to make a, a product that's safe, that's not adulterated, and you have to have the documentation to prove it. That was Tatiana Lorca and Doug Heinemann from the Master Brewers Food Safety Committee. I'd encourage uh, listeners of the podcast, if they have questions, to submit questions to Ask the Brewmaster on MBA.com. Um, and, uh, you know, the food safety team, will sit, the food safety committee will answer those questions and, um, you know, happy to provide support. I'm really looking forward to the ASBC MBAA Brewing Summit coming up this August in San Diego. It only happens every four years, and it's not like any other conference you've attended. The Brewing Summit is 100% the science and technology of brewing. No pep rallies or business lectures, and you'll be surrounded by some of the smartest men and women in our industry. If you can only attend one conference in 2018, this should be it. Register now at MBAA.com. Yeah, yeah what's, so it's, it's, what's a Brindle? I want one of those. What's that? <laughs> it's the, it's it's Randall's wave. <laughs> <laughs>